Hello, and welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popping with culture, what's giving us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about, past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. That's Eric Creech. We have Kyle Whitley, and I'm Ashby Brain. You better lose yourself in, in the, the moment. moment. Yo, 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 oh, you better not let it go. <laughs> yo, you only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow, because opportunity comes once, once in a, a lifetime. lifetime. Mom, spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Was, yeah. Was that good enough for you? Yes, thank you. She. So thank those you. of you who are listening and brought just, it back and just got your. Um, your eardrums, eardrums blown destroyed. Out. Yeah. Yeah. They're listening at work and to the person in the office next door that just heard. Um, Ashby had a minor note. I won't even second point. Just a note. Uh-huh. Um, on our script, we usually have random interlude filled with pointless conversations after we all lose it in some way. And she's like, y'all have really been slacking on your losing it. And so... We brought it back. Can you imagine yeah. if we did our whole podcast like that? We just yelled. Like, <laughs> to be fair, like, I mean, look at look at the levels here. I mean, look at that. <laughs> That's good. Oh. All right, there we go. <laughs> so excellent. I almost didn't come back this week because last week y'all did such a great job. I was like, I don't know that I want to come back for that. Like, it's just too good. I would come in and ruin. It. We were not that good. We it were not good. that good. I mean, we were good. good. We were not that. It was good. good. You could tell. Like, I still don't have many feelings for Psycho one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But the fact of your, how much you two loved it was fun to listen to. Like, listening to you two be super excited about it, talking to each other, and the louder you would get. All of a sudden, Eric would be like, do you remember this? And you're like, yes, I do remember this. <laughs> oh my God, do you remember this? And like, it would get so loud, it's just one of those moments. Like, and the hilarious out. thing is, like, I thought of so many things over the weekend that we didn't even yeah. bring up. Right. Like, I, I so many missed opportunities. We didn't even talk about the... Um, Fries, quattro, dos fritos, whatever. That, you yes. know, where they take potatoes, they inject them with like four kinds of cheeses. They batter them, fry them three quarters away, pull them out, rebatter them, then fry them again, and then serve them with a ancho chili queso or something. I mean, and it just, you know, just a flavor Don't seizure. talk about it, be about it. Well, so when I say that so is many. make us some of those. That's, so that's right. right. Yeah. I don't think I don't think the human taste buds can handle that. I mean, I can. Maybe I'll finally taste regular. <laughs> can't smell, so my taste ain't great. Maybe this will be the thing up. that like finally introduces yes. Kyle to flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flavor town. Speaking of say, take me to flavor town. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of, we, I found out this weekend that my brother doesn't have a, um, a sense of smell anymore. He's since, lying. Since his uh, mo- motorcycle. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> That's the other brother. He's lying. I'll yeah. give this one. Yeah. He had an accident. I'll yeah. give him a pack. He, he's like, it's something to do with a sinus cavity getting caved in by the mm-hmm. concrete or something. It's like, I feel like that's much better than like people who story. wake up with like French accents and yeah, stuff. That's true. We, we. Mon ami, je m'appelle Lafayette. The Lancelot of, of the, the Revolution. Revolutionary set. We will never do an episode without mentioning <laughs> Hamilton. To be fair, you may have done it last week though. We were so much on the site that it that's literally true. was Maybe so many we quotes did. back I, I really held back on my Hamilton reference. That's true. Because the site kind of took over. It was so fun I mean, though because it's, I don't know how many conversations I've had around Eric where he gets really excited and starts quoting site to be disappointed because I just miss it. And I just assume it's Eric's regular conversation and I miss that it's a quote. <laughs> Versus you knew it. And oh, so yeah. both of you last week are just back. Forth, we didn't back even mention forth. black and tan as some of the favorite nicknames. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that one of us is black one. and one of us is tan. I feel like there would have been things. <laughs> you mentioned some of my favorite things, though, while I was gone. You mentioned Paul Walker. You mentioned Fast and Furious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have you a also, Fast and Furious uh, episode. Yes, you also they did. mentioned Emilio Estevez. 
So yes. Yes. it's another one of Except my favorite things. So yes. not necessarily him, but the Mighty Ducks. So it yeah. goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. With that. I mean, Sean and Gus even talk about you know what do we know about street racing? Only what we've learned from the Fast and Furious mm-hmm. movies. So. Everything. Everything. No matter. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. I got the quote. You got the kamikazes in you. I can smell it. <laughs> I went, uh, oh, man. they convinced me to go uh, zip lining this weekend. And then the very final part of the zip line, you go against somebody. Like there's seven different zip lines you do, and you finally mm-hmm. get to the end, and two go at once. And so okay. I got to spend you know a good solid five minutes quoting Fast and the Furious to all the people as they were getting ready to race and everything else. So. We're living like Fast and Furious, we're mm-hmm. living off a quarter mile at a time. I told him, I was like, right. Trevor, doesn't matter if you win or an inch or a mile, winning's win. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I know. He started like talking trash to his fiance. Did you throw out like a heartfelt like mi familia? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know them quite that well to be called. It's not how you stand beside your zip line. Yeah. It's how you race your zip line. Yeah. That's right. You'd be best to remember that. Mm-hmm. It's like, hi, I'm Kyle. I got a last name too, but I can't pronounce it. Yeah. We're racing for pinks. <laughs> so, you mean slips? No, pinks hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I, I got a coupon. Yes. Or your oh hand. Good, gosh. because that coupon's more valuable than that thing you're driving. So after our conversation, just for that one quote, I went back and watched the episode where Gus is like, I'm doing the nicknames from now on, Sean. And he's like, fine. He's like, this is, this is a... My this is my part. No, I'm I'm Gus Brown. I'm Gus and this Brown. Is, and this, this is, is my, my partner, partner Sean White. White. And he's like, really, <laughs> really. I will say, <laughs> I didn't go back and watch Psych or go watch it for our first time. We're gonna give you like a list of episodes to watch that we think you'd enjoy. <laughs> well, there's two things I learned. I'll, I'll go this route first. Okay. okay. I did go watch the best of Woody to figure out who I am. To be like, oh, if this is me, oh, yeah, you're Woody. I need yeah, yeah. to look this up. You're I was like, Woody. I'll totally let that pass. Except, evidently, he has a very keen sense of smell because uh-huh. he was able to smell the cocoa butter and Axe body spray on a dead body. Yes. And so to realize that they had something to do with yes. it. You're right, uh, that doesn't quite match up. Mm-hmm. Other than I don't that, know. I can way. see Kyle singing Woody's song from the musical. Yes. Often it's yes. the opposite of what you might expect. And then <laughs> he's making references to his cheating wife. <laughs> Find your wife in the air on something bad. There was also I realized that uh, I heard that Ashby volunteered for the next week. I'm out for you guys to talk about Community. She's gonna watch all Community. Did so, I? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure you, you did. That. That, that's what happened. Yeah, I think that happened. Uh, I do. So whenever I'm out of town, it's getting kind of high there. In October, sometime you guys are going to talk about. Like, I mean, only, do- only dogs can understand you now. Yeah. I mean, that's how high your voice is getting. <laughs> but uh, I made a note. Eric made a comment, Uh-oh. and you kind of both agreed to it, and it made me wonder: like, is that true? What did I agree to? Oh no. You said Breakfast Club is the best movie of the '80s. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no, a question. I no, no, that, that, there's no question there. I in my mind, by, I was like, I don't know. So the Ringer.com is running a teen movies bracket this week, and they're in, I believe, the either the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight. But Breakfast Club is going up against Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And That's it was, tough. And I'll it was give them lo- that. And it was losing when I checked it at lunch. But today. it's definitely the Breakfast. Club. I just like for. For an encapsulation of like the culture and the outfits and the like ennui of the 80s and what it meant to the youth, and like, and then also, interestingly enough, like, even though it's framed in the 80s and it clearly looks and sounds and feels like an 80s movie, the very core of the framework of The Breakfast Club is multi generational. Like, mm-hmm. that that's what it means to be young and in high school and not have any clue what you're doing and how you fit in, you know, like, it. 
it holds but don't up. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love the Breakfast Club. I would pick it over Ferris Bueller. I'm defending this decision. <laughs> but my question was, because it's not 80s teen movie or 80s themed movie. It was just like 80s. The, you yeah. said the best movie Period. of the 80s. And so Period. it made me wonder. It's like, well, Back to the Future is in the 80s. It's also in the, it's also in the, the teen movie challenge. Uh, break, Let's uh, see. And I can see that. Bracket. That would be um, tougher for me, I think. Or yeah. more tough for the right now, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is facing Scream. Mm. Goblet of Fire was a 12 seed, and it's upset like Heathers and Election. Interesting. And, yeah. It upset like Heathers? Well, because kind of, you know? the Harry Potter fan base is well, going down. Well, that's true. But like, yeah. Right now, it's facing the number one seed in Scream. Which, yeah, I get the Harry Potter fandom yeah. is championing it. But like, mean Girls I, versus like, Clueless is happening. Oh, that's too. a good one. Oh, man. that's tough. I, I, I would have to go girls. Clueless. Oh, Lord. <laughs> It depends. What's what's the criteria for this? Teen movies. So. <laughs> yeah, just like across I feel like Clueless is more of a decades. classic, but at the same time, it's a different decade. Like right. It was a banner year at the Bender household. <laughs> My dad got me a cart and a smoke said, "Hey Johnny, smoke up." Mm-hmm. No, Dad. What about you? What about you? Now, look, that was excellently acted. Thank you. No, it was... Oh, nice. <laughs> you mean by, um... No, just right there. That's oh, great. Okay. No, yeah, I did. I thought you were yeah. quoting Mean Girls at first. Technically, I was, I was like, co- quoting Community. I was quoting Abed, quoting The Breakfast Club in the first episode of Community. Because well, they make reference to The Breakfast Club in the first episode. Abed's like, this is like The Breakfast Club. I'll allow it. <laughs> it just made me work. Like I said, I wasn't saying you were wrong, but it just it made me think well, about... So, yeah, so you had, what, Back to the Future? What, what other Is there movies? another Star Wars movie? Uh, Return of the Jedi movie? was 83. Technically, mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back was 80. 80, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that would be an interesting... I wouldn't put Jedi up there. But, uh, well, you're like, and it's different fields, but it's just like... Um, when did Top Gun come out? Mm-hmm. Was that in the early 90s? 91. 91, okay. Um, Indiana Jones. Yeah, that falls in there. Some of them were in there. Dirty Dancing. Dirty Mm -hmm. Dancing. Ooh, this is getting complicated. I feel like (laughs) we're coming up right now in this conversation with the next uh, thing. I know we've talked about different brackets. Yeah, we've talked about a cartoon bracket. Yeah, 80s movies. We got to do 90s movies too. Well, I feel like, yeah, start with the 80s and then go to the 90s and then the 2000s. Like, we can do like a, not to say you got to do it every week, but I feel like you could space it out maybe once a month. Like, that'd Mm -hmm. be fun. Not something as hardcore necessarily as what Disney was. You would make a giant of a bracket, but just right. like a smaller bracket. And see what you could do with that. What do you think, folks? Best <clears> 80s movie. If they answer, I'm going to be really, really weird to that. Wait a minute, where's that voice coming yes. from? I've hidden them under the table. Like Somewhere Hunter Batten's like, That's not Scooby how many looking brackets my legs? do they want yes. me to make? <laughs> yes. There's 12 all of people them. hidden in that closet right there. Make all the brackets. It's not Scooby looking my leg. No. <laughs> also, oh, gross. Oh, man. Oh, that reminds me of an episode of Supernatural that's supposed to be kind of like the whole Bloody Benders thing. Or maybe that's a different episode. This is the one where it's like The Conjuring or something. Where the family moves into a house mm-hmm. and she, the young daughter is like sleeping and she feels the dog licking her hand and she's nope. like, oh, gross, stop. Nope. And then the dog comes into the room and jumps on her bed and mm. the place is haunted. Yep. A lot of notes. Disgusting. So, and terrifying. What were we talking about? Moving past that. Trailers. Well, trailers. We got a bunch of trailers bunch that of trailers I haven't seen this about. week. <laughs> But there's Start a lot of us off. Okay, no spoilers, but like we're just gonna talk in general about Batman. 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 Have you seen it? No. I cried. Really? I really? Did. Was it that good? I cried. 
And that I, one line, I'm vengeance, made you cry. Well, no, actually, actually, I cried guys, within the first ten seconds. This makes perfect sense because if a Batman is good enough to make Kyle cry, then my reaction to it makes sense. Where I was like, eh, I'd watch it. Maybe. <laughs> I will say maybe it's different because it, and it probably for most people it didn't. As soon as the trailer started, which first of all, usually I'm the one that's like. I'm on this. If a new trailer's out, I'm watching it as soon as it releases. I was in the mountains. So I saw somebody post it. And it was like, oh, the new trailer. And I was like, I'm not going to watch this on my phone. It's not going to do it justice. I want to wait. And then I got busy and then I didn't. So until we finally got home Sunday night and I watched it on TV, within the first 10 seconds, I started crying. Like, and it's not bawling, but just like, it hit me with emotion. Tears of joy. Like, in what, like, why? Just why? Because, and like I say, this won't apply to everybody. Mm-hmm. The first, as it starts, the first note that strums, I knew what song it was. And the song, the same way, you know, everyone hit everybody this way, but the same way that they played Johnny Cash for Logan, mm-hmm. this song hit me. As soon as it started, I looked at Erica and I said, this is the perfect song choice. And she's like, what is it? And it, because it's just two strums back and forth. But it's something in the way by Nirvana. And they played it. And it's one of those moments where that song I used to just love. Because it was the first like rock album I ever got. I used to be a giant Nirvana fan. But it's like one of the saddest songs on the album. Mm-hmm. And knowing more about it. I didn't think all this through. It just hit you in this way. Because like that song, he went in. He played it on a guitar that was like had four strings on it. It wasn't even like tuned great. And it's just a very raw emotion song. And the start of this trailer is somebody tearing or like wrapping somebody with duct tape. I ain't like, that's not spoiling anything. It's just what's happening. But that song, and as soon as the voice started, it's like two of your favorite things ever combined. And it just hit me in some sort of way. So it wasn't the fact that it, like Batman wasn't on the screen yet. I knew nothing about the movie yet. But the song itself hit me in such a way, the same way that whenever Logan came out and it was in black and white and Johnny Cash came on, like it hit me in that same way. So... Right. It brought me to tears, but it had nothing to do necessarily with, oh man, this is going to be the best Batman movie ever. But in my mind, it was, if they're choosing this song, it's not some giant radio song and never made it on the radio, then that automatically means hopefully they're going with like a grittier style movie. And this is clearly a younger Batman, right? It is. So we're going it's back like second more year. of like yeah. an origin story. It's a point where it's not going where Batman Begins went, where it's all an origin. He's right. been doing it, but he's still young at it. Right. And so... Okay. I just, here's my thing. And again, I, you know, maybe my issues with Batman are personal. I don't know. I just, and honestly, when she started talking about Logan, I remember that I never saw Logan because mm-hmm. I watched the trailer and it was so violent. And I don't mean to be that person that's like, oh, just gratuitous violence. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, violence doesn't bother me. I watch a lot of violent movies, but like there is a point where as a viewer, I personally start flinching. And so like I didn't watch the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. I I haven't watched a lot of Batman movies. I stopped watching a lot of the standalone like Logan and stuff. Like I watch when he's with the X-Men. And I just like, I was so, I was so into it. Like, it seemed like he was doing a good job as Batman and Bruce Wayne, which is mm. important to me. Like, I like when actors manage that balance mm. between the superhero and the alternate identity, you know? Mm. Um, but then we got to the scene, and I also don't think this really gives away anything, where he's just, like, punching that guy. Just mm. punching, punching, punching. It's like, you've clearly broken his nose, probably his cheekbone, probably mm. his neck. Like, 
and it, the hits just keep coming, and I'm like, he did. Like, why yeah. are we? And it just was just so violent for no other reason than for him to prove to the guy standing behind that guy that like I'm gonna kill you yeah. if you get in my way. And I just like. It's the same thing with the Saw movies. Like, I love horror mm. movies, and I love, like, think thinky kind mm. of movies, but I went to see the first Saw in theaters, and it's the only movie I've ever paid for that I walked out, and I sat in the parking lot, and I said, I'll see you guys when the movie's over. I will, I will not watch this. My, the only movie I ever walked out of was Must Love Dogs, but that was just because it was so bad. But, I mean, that, <laughs> that makes sense, too. I never saw Saw. So, like, but. I'm going to go see it because I'm intrigued, <laughs> and it's been a long time since a Batman movie, really a DC movie that wasn't Wonder Woman, intrigued me, but... Like, there's just still, and I know it's part of the Batman, like, mythos, but, like, it's just, well, like, why? There, like, ugh. There's an interesting <laughs> conversation that can be had about Batman, especially in the times that we live in now where, you know, there's a lot more light shown upon, I guess, like, due process and constitutional uh, rights being violated by policemen, and, um, and we won't get too deep into that, but there was a... Um, there was a great Twitter um, thread sent out earlier this week uh, at Story Slug, a guy named Sean Kelly. Um, he wrote, One of the big problems with dark and gritty Batman movies is that the people writing them can't craft a mystery that's so complex only Batman can solve it. So Batman's superpower ends up being the ability to violate people's constitutional rights. Batman gets results because he doesn't have to follow the rules that cops do, and thus implying that cops will be so much more effective at their jobs if they didn't have to follow those rules. And he goes on to a long rant, not to make this all about politics, no. but the idea, one of the things that makes Batman such an interesting character to me is, you know, his moniker being the world's greatest detective. And I'd like to see a return to that. Now, maybe with the Riddler being the main villain here, they'll delve into that. But well, that's what I was going to say, and not, not to cut you off, but like, I'm excited for you to see it. And even watching it made me think of you to be like, okay, Ashby's probably going to actually halfway like this. If it yeah. stays along the lines of the way this is looking. Because it's not... I won't lie, like, whenever they finally had Ben Affleck had that one scene in the trailer where he beat the mess out of everybody, I was like, okay, finally we have a Batman that can do something other than just stand around and, like, turn his head and stuff. Right. But this one, like, the majority of this is really playing out to be... And they've talked about it in some interviews and stuff, too, but they're making this movie more so... To show the detective side, finally, yeah. of Batman. Yeah. And where that, it's not, like, cheesy detective where he has been in some of the past movies, like, or at least 90s movies or whatever. Well, even, like, in, like, the, the Batman of the 80s and 90s, mm -hmm. and this is something that he notes in mm -hmm. the thread, it said it had wonderful toys that did set him apart from the police force, mm -hmm. and they emphasized his battles against similarly heightened supervillains with ray guns and magic plants mm -hmm. and exploding rubber ducks. He's not just putting muggers in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. When Batman was first created, policing was very primitive, and the gulf between what the cops had, six shooters and cars that didn't have seatbelts, mm -hmm. and what Batman has was much greater, which made the necessity of Batman seem much greater. Nowadays, mm -hmm. when a Gotham uh, City Police Department officer calls in that suspect is driving a black tank, it gets a laugh, mm -hmm. but why? Cops have tanks. Cops have lots of tanks. They have armor on par with what a gritty Batman wears. They have shotguns and gas grenades and thermal imaging. Um, they pretty much have the same capabilities as what Batman does. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that makes him different from it is that Batman gets to be worse than them mm -hmm. because he's not held to standards. I think with this one too, and I agree, like I understand that too, and I'm yeah. not like arguing that at all. Um, right. It goes on to, there's, yeah. a, there's a solution there, which yeah. is very interesting. I don't know if I agree with it necessarily, but um, he goes on to say, make Joe chill a cop, the guy yeah. who kills his parents. And yeah. 
and uh, and have Batman try to find a place for I don't know, but well, it's, it's, it's an like, interesting thread to yeah. go through and read. Well, it's not and not and I, my goal in that was not no, to, no, no, no. not to poop on your um, no. your excitement over the Batman. Well, movie. and to be fair to Batman, as the leading authority on hating Batman, and the leading authority I mean, being fair, when <laughs> Iron Man shoots a missile at a terrorist ring, or mm-hmm. Captain America throws a shield and breaks some dudes like spine yeah because like that shield when it hits people like it it, it breaks them right you know none of those people got due process either Either, so like you know to be fair i think batman because of his darkness in Mm -hmm. his mythology and his methods like gets a bad rap yes but a lot of superheroes could be argued the same thing where like these people are not having a right to a trial or Mm -hmm. the miranda rights or anything because it's just like superhero meets supervillain yes but sometimes we get into these you know, more like nuanced storylines where it's not necessarily a supervillain. Like it's not Batman versus the Riddler. It's like terrorist organizations and gangs yeah. and and things where it's not the same anymore. Like right. That's where I think like where this one will go back. It's a lot more of Nolan trilogy style versus mm-hmm. the other. And that was another thing I liked. Along with the song choice is what made me think automatically where. It takes it to where like the comic book world is, where it's much more thought process into all of what he's doing. It's not just show up and beat somebody up because you're stronger or have more weapons or whatever else. Um, but even like something that stood out to me is in there, Batman's talking to Gordon, which he have he does in every you know type of Batman. Oh, like Gordon's played by Andy Serkis in this. Movie? And he looks great. As soon as you awesome. saw him, no. he looked like him. But he's also okay. standing in or in at the crime scene with Gordon with other cops around him. So at that point, it makes you see like, okay, something hasn't been established yet, but they're trying to capture the Batman. Versus in by the time Nolan trilogies are done, they're after him, trying to like right. arrest him if you dare. He's a vigilante. But like they're at that point where he's allowed in the room, pretty much for discussion. You can tell there's kind of a he doesn't get necessarily all of the you know whatever. He's not praised or whatever necessarily, but they've built some sort of relationship. We could be surrounded by the others. Now later it does show like cops kind of shooting at him or doing something else. And right. But the characters that they've got in it, I think they are going back more towards a more real world type thing where it's probably going to be dark and gritty. That's what Batman is to be fair. Like he's not the joyful like Superman, but I think too, something I really loved about it is DC has this kind of film around it where it's really sparkly and big. And like, even Mm -hmm. when Batman, like Batman was dark, it was still dark with humor dark with whatever versus you just get like an actual emotion of a real movie type deal like a real like you know drama whatever movie with this and even the same way where he does beat up the one guy like I was watching some stuff and it mentioned the the person in me like the Batman fan in me was excited to see it to see like okay well it's showing that he's able to defend himself he's not some guy that's relying on a bunch of things. Right. Because he's not jacked. Like, right. Ben Affleck was huge as right. Batman. Right. Versus, you know, Robert Pattinson is not. Right. But something I was reading and brought, a bunch of people brought up was the fact that he was surrounded by a giant gang. And by doing that to the one person that showed the rest of that gang was not going to try to fight him now. Right. To be like, okay, well, I don't want to mess with him. Right, right, right. There's even a brief moment that they even show you there's a guy in that gang that's crying now. Right, right. Like, he's filming it and he's yeah, crying it, after what he's doing. It, like, seen. pans back to the group and they're like, Mm. Mm. Yeah, because <laughs> like, like I say, we're not trying. This isn't about Batman today, but there is that moment, like you say, he, he hits him and he's down, and then he goes back again, and mm-hmm. you hear like squishing sounds, and it's like, yeah, it's... everybody made a huge deal when Ben Affleck like shot somebody. It's like, right. So 
I would imagine you're not going to let him kill people. Right. But the sounds I'm hearing, at least it's very, like, he's beat up pretty bad. Right. right now. Like, yeah. I mean, he might be, like, breathing through a straw the rest of his yeah. life. Like, what? Ugh. Yeah. But yeah. I think the thing, too, because the, the only other thing, and we mentioned it before we started recording, is how, like, shows him at the end. This is the first time Batman's ever taken his mask off and still has the black makeup underneath right. his eyes. Versus every other movie screwed that up. Mm-hmm. But he's so a big so, Fallout Boy fan, I think. Well, he looks, he looks like very Bucky. Emo. He looks like Bucky. He's straight up Bucky. I literally saw Who's that Bucky? one scene and I was <laughs> like, "Who the Bucky?" Oh man! And I was I not the that, only I was one. Like, Ashby's gonna like. This. There were a ton of people on the internet that were like riffing the mess out of that. It's mm. like the Winter Soldier did it first. The Winter mm. Soldier did it better. Like, oh, it's like okay, but immediately I was like, "Wait, I've seen that look before." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but either way, just to like end it up or round it out, I feel like it's gonna be good. If it continues, because if that looks good and they've only filmed twenty five percent of it, so right. at least it's not. They may have shown you everything they've got right. so far, but at the same time, it's not. You're not going to go to theaters and be like, "Well, I saw all the good parts in the trailer." Like, yeah. hopefully, there's still room to continue to improve. The fact too that it's not a super beginning movie where he's been doing it for I think it's like year two is what they're talking right. about. So there is still a lot of growth in all this too, and there's right. a lot more depth. There's talks about maybe like the Court of Owls being part of it, and it's not something that's been involved in much other than the comics, which has been kind of cool. Where it just goes back to pretty much the original people that kind of helped form Gotham, or like however many families that were stupid rich mm-hmm. that control right. everything. And turns out they've always been continuing to control it underneath. And right, it's a big, deeper, darker story that it's not you know some super villain type thing, but it's a whole group of. Just pretty much corrupt people type deal. Right. So I don't know. So we'll see that. The Riddler, the same way he doesn't look like your typical Riddler right now. What's-His-Face is playing the Penguin. Um, Colin Firth. Yeah. Is it? Is that his last name? Colin Firth or Colin Farrell? Farrell. Farrell. Okay. I can look confused too. anything yeah. like him. Like yeah. he's got a ton of makeup on or like body stuff. But at the same time, he doesn't look Danny DeVito Penguin. Like he's not like overly done. Right, right. right. Look like Robin Lord Where it looks campy. Yeah, I think so. Wait. Who's that? Wait, he no, was, he was Penguin from Gotham. The no, don't get me wrong. I love that mm-hmm. one. That version of Gotham, he did an amazing job. He looks like a fatter version, pretty much. Gotcha. Where okay. he doesn't look so odd that he looks like he's mutated right. somewhere. He just looks right. like somebody. The same way yeah. with the Gotham one. He just happened to have a little bit longer Somewhere nose. between, like, no affect and being an actual Penguin. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, we gotta find mm-hmm. that balance. Yeah. <laughs> Balancing act, man. Um, okay, so as a, as little footnotes, I want to mention Wonder Woman... Mm-hmm. 84. I did see the trailer for that. That trailer hit amazing. Yeah. I amazing. Wait. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait. Stellar. When we get to see that in theaters, we're going to do a yeah. episode on when that. I'm going to dress up because the 80s is my favorite decade. Like the fashion we and the color and the tone. We should. We should. I'll, my favorite. Do you want to be, be Chris Pine or can I be Chris Pine? You can both you can be Chris Pine. Wonder Woman with two Chris Pines. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what's better than one Chris Pine? Two, two Chris, Chris Pines. Pines. I mean, obviously. Thank you. Um, but yeah, my favorite I quote. You, one of us would be Cheetah, though. I'll be Cheetah. <laughs> I don't want to shave my beard. Flip a coin, okay? I'm not. I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. Um, but anyway, my favorite quote, without giving away spoilers, is when he comes out. Who the heck is Chris? Or who the heck is Steve Trevor? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so he comes out like with clothes, like she's putting clothes on him or whatever, and um, he's like, "What is? What are these?" And she's like, you know what? We should try parachute pants. And he's like, wait, everyone carries around a parachute now? <laughs> he has no clue. 
Oh, oh I just the shots. whole movie, the tone, the coloration, like it all looks good. Also, spoiler alert, I'm so excited. She, um, we don't know whether or not we're going to get to see like the invisible jet and some, uh, like there's, there's, there. there's some things that we haven't seen her do, mm-hmm. but something we haven't seen her do that they went ahead and kind of gave away in the trailer is that she's learned to use the lasso to travel using lightning mm-hmm. in the sky, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was excited about that. And then also Black Widow, they dropped a new expanded trailer for Black Widow, which I think is really exciting. That, yeah. It looks really good. We still don't have in-theater dates for Widow or Wonder Woman. But Black Widow, I think it makes more sense now that we've seen more scenes with the, with the expanded trailer that it's supposed to take place after Civil War when they're all kind of broken up. But before, I think maybe she joins up with Steve. I think. Yes. Um, so before she goes blonde, I yes, guess, gotcha. and ends up in Wakanda yes. with Steve or Scotland mm-hmm. or vice versa, anywhere, wherever. wherever they were. Wherever um, um, when he was nomad, Steve sad was, nomad. <laughs> Steve and Sam just when he out. when he had the depression beard, yes. um, which was also like hot. I anyway, copy my beard. He pulled it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I, it, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out plot-wise. And, like, I'm just excited that she has a standalone movie. And it looks like it is going to absolutely, like, rock. So, um, and it looks like it's got a bunch of kick-butt women in it. So I'm really excited for that. I'm down for that. The only other ones yeah. I've seen is they released a Black Adam one today. The Rock. With The Rock. Yeah. But it's all animated. Mm-hmm. Right. Not like a cartoon, but it's just like they haven't filmed anything yet. So it's right. on the show. But it's kind of giving you the background story like of concept. Black Adam. Yeah. Whereas, like, he's not, he's one of those people you've seen in your lifetime. The same way, like, right. Captain America. Like, if you did not read comics, you knew who Captain America was, you knew what he looked like, but you didn't really know much about him or how it came. Right. So, they do a little clip with that, and so that made sense. Um, they did a new Suicide Squad one, but it was pretty much just all, like, here's all the billion yes. characters in this yeah. movie. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Quick, like, I only glimpse. saw it because Nathan Fillion posted it because he's mm-hmm. one of the characters, but I was like, this is a lot of. This is yeah. a big cast. John Cena's in it. Like, there's so many people. Yeah. And it's cool. Like, it finally showed, like, at least what they all look like. I hope they do something with that, at least. Like, hilarious. Just, you can't see me at um, some point. I'm just happy for Nathan Fillion, because he's been trying to be a superhero for, like, years. <laughs> like, he shows up in Community. Hmm. Oh, no just, doubt. Just he saying. shows up in everything, honestly. Yeah. It's great. Um, like, he's the, there was... Like, the deputy custodian or something. Dr. Horror, sing-along blog, <laughs> bunch of stuff. Well, this one of those things with a superhero the original that. Suicide Squad, you knew one guy was going to die before the end because he was never in any other clips throughout right. the rest of the movie. At this point, they could lose half the the people in this movie, and you wouldn't know because there's right. so many. It's cool, too, because a lot of them aren't big-name like right. heroes or villains. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, They're bringing in like new people, fresh. That's how we grow into loving the Guardians of the Galaxy. Didn't That's true. Didn't know any of them. Mm-hmm. Right. They finally got Harley Quinn looking like Harley, Harley Quinn. And yes. I don't mean that wrong. Like I've liked her look in the other movies. Right. I mean, Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Quinzel, yes. She's a super villain? Yes, you never would have known. <laughs> wow. But, That's who that is? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I, still I, haven't put seen, two I wanted to, but I still haven't seen Birds of Prey because it came out in that weird... February, March. Yeah. That was the last movie I saw. And I theaters. missed it. Yeah. It's one of those ones I will say, don't go into it expecting like, oh man, this is some giant, hum- like women right. get together here. I think it's like, it right. turns into Harley Quinn as Deadpool type movie with I mean, some other women. You know, don't get me wrong. I yeah. As it. long as you know what you're showing up yeah. for, I get it. You don't but, show up yeah. and just think like, oh man, it's some major like get together. And it's, yeah. it's Side note, moments, uh, Mary... Oh, no, I'm not going to remember her name. Mary... Did you know? 
something. Is anyway, that be on our Christmas album. The, um, oh, I can't remember her name. The girl who played Huntress mm-hmm. is a. She's from the Rocky Mount area, and she's a distant relative of Ava Gardner. Oh, hmm. very nice. Yeah. So there you go. And here's a side note: since we talked about the last movie we saw in theaters, whatever, at, as it stands right now, you, you know, if they, everything doesn't change because mm-hmm. you know COVID numbers are on the rise, right, right. Bad Boys for Life is going to be the highest grossing movie of 2020. Wow. Who had that on their note, I know, on, right? their, uh, on their scorecard this year? Yeah, their 2020 bingo card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. wow. I thought you were going somewhere with the Joker because I remember us seeing that at some point. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to like, do, yeah. do your part? Okay. All right. Well, okay. we appreciate y'all joining us. Whether or not you are a piece of butter that needs to be buttered so heavily, like Odin, please <laughs> subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, rate and review us five stars, which is the opposite of this movie. Please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at wow. What What Media. Rude. All, All one word. word. And find us on Twitter at WT WTW underscore Media. And please share with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode. Or one of the 59, no, 60 episodes mm, uh, yeah. that we have in the archives. You may enjoy this episode more than you enjoy the movie we're talking about itself. Last week on this podcast, we discussed Psych! I know, you know, that I'm, I'm not, not telling, telling the, the truth. truth. I know, you know, they that just you don't, don't have, have any proof. Raise a deception. Learn, Learn how to bend. You're worse than a bitch. Didn't psych you out in the end. end. And on today's episode, we are taking a... <laughs> Deep dive into the 2013 film, if you want to call it that, Thor The Dark World. The hits just keep coming. Here is your spoiler <laughs> warning for today's episode. And it's not even a warning, but while the while Thor The Dark World is our primary focus, we may be discussing any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Marvel television shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or any of the other 22 MCU films taking the entire saga into account. And here, here's the thing. It's not even a spoiler warning. We're just telling you not to watch this. Or at least I am. I don't know what Ashby is going to say. So, let's dive into it. Ashby, this is the place to offer up a brief refresher on what actually happened in this film. So, mm-hmm, when you're mm-hmm. ready, recap this movie. Go! So, I did not write anything down for this. That's okay. Um, so, I'm going to do this from memory, and I'm going to ramble a little bit. We're going to see what happens. Feel free to jump in. Um, okay. So, uh, Odin is having Thor, like, put the realms back in order and have peace. And then Loki gets locked up because he tried to take over Earth. And Jane is on a terrible date. Um I love that actor, though. Not yes. To, like, yeah, the guy. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, he's in the... Wedding Crash. No. Uh, oh, but he's ah, in that really... Yes, and he's in that really funny um, IT show yes. that's hilarious. Anyway, okay. So, it's a bad day, and then Darcy shows up. Love Darcy. He's love hilarious. Darcy. And then Jane dips out on the day, and she and Darcy are trying to figure out, like, what's going on with these anomalies, and they go to this, like, place outside of London, because they're in London with Selvig you know, following this, like, scientific-y thing that's happening with, like, quantum physics. And um, they find all these, like, weird metaphysical happenings with space and time and reality bending in this one area. And Selvig is kind of, like, gone off his rocker because he had Loki and the the other stone, the Tesseract, the, um, the, mind, the, the mind, mind stone, like, all up in his brain. And, but he is correct that the convergence is coming, and the convergence only happens like every couple thousand years, and it's when um, all the nine realms align perfectly. And then um, we go back to, um, no, 
uh, Thor comes to where Jane is because Jane Probably. has the ether put in her somehow mm-hmm. when she was wandering around that abandoned warehouse. Somehow. And That's um, stuck in a dark world. Right. And then <clears throat> some, something's happening. Anyway, she's mad she at Thor. Be found anymore. Right, yes. Um, and Hemdall says that he, he can't see her. So Thor goes to check it out. Um, unbeknownst to him, she has the ether in her. And then we learn that um, they kind of ended things a little abruptly last mm-hmm. time when Thor left. And then he came back. He came back and didn't even look her up. Yeah. Didn't even what like say, jerk. hey, what's jerk. up? And the only reason that she secretly is in London is sort of like following these anomalies to hopefully like look for him. And um, anyway, he realizes that she has something in her. So then they go back to... uh, Asgard. Thank you. I was like, Valhalla? That's not right. It's definitely not Valhalla. Anyway, they go to Asgard. She's not a Valhalla Batgirl. Odin is very uh, specious and apparently doesn't want humans in Asgard. He's very rude to her. What a jerk. And then they talk about Mm -hmm. the dark elves and the ether, blah, 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 blah. And then Odin's like, I'm not even worried about it because, like, we, like, put those dudes down and like I'm Odin and rah rah whatever mm-hmm. um, but then because Jane has the ether in her it's awake in the dark elves so then Malachi Malachis I've heard it both ways I've heard it both ways yes you used a psych reference I've heard it both ways the right way and then yours I've so heard it both ways so he's been awakened and the dark elves come to Asgard and they try to take the ether and they end up like killing a bunch of people including the queen Frida is that how we're going to pronounce it? That's how we're saying it. Friga? Friga? And everyone's really sad, and they have this beautiful funeral for her that Loki isn't allowed to attend, which is, in my opinion, just really messed up. And he's obviously devastated because that was his mother, and the last thing he said to her was, you're not my mother. And then Odin is like, we're going to kill all the dark elves, and Thor's like, I feel like I have a better way. So he gets Sif and the Warriors 3. Is that what they're called? Yep, that's what the Warriors 3. Lady Sif and the Warriors 3. Yes, mm. and Hemdall, and they basically hatch a treasonous plot to go against Odin's orders and get Jane off of Asgard and defeat the Dark Elves, and then they get Loki involved, um, and they're like, he's going to betray you, but like we need him anyway, and then they go to the planet with the Dark Elves, and they fight, and like Loki, you think he's betrayed him, but he hasn't, but then he does, and he, whose side is he on? You don't know. Is he alive? Is he dead? Um, the Dark Elves get the ether. They are going to Earth. Jane and Thor are stranded, but then Jane finds a portal that takes them to Earth. And then Selvig and Darcy and the intern dude, whose name I still can't remember and no one can remember, um, use reality and science and magic to uh, defeat the Dark Elves and sort of get rid of the ether, but don't get rid of it permanently because, uh, spoiler alert, it's an infinity stone and you can't destroy it. Which they reveal and, in the post credit scene. Right. And <laughs> then, so, basically, like, sort of happily ever after, but, like, not really because no one knows that Odin is really Loki and who knows where Odin is and, spoiler alert, Loki's alive and then Thor doesn't want the throne. He leaves it with Odin, who he doesn't know is really Loki. So now Loki is running Asgard and Thor is back on planet Earth and is going to stay there for a while. He thinks to be with Jane, but then she breaks up with him. That's really sad. So then he goes, I guess, with the Avengers. I don't know. There's some like weird space where is everyone thing there between like that and Age of Ultron. Anyway, yeah. um, 
then in a post-credit scene, Sif and one of the dudes take the ether to the collector because they don't want two stones on Asgard at the same time. At the same time. And so the reality stone, which is what the ether really is, mm-hmm. goes to the collector. Yep. The end. Very good job. Great job. Oh. That was fantastic. You caught your rhythm there towards the end. Yeah, you did really good. Okay. Started bouncing back. There's the thing. And you're like, yep, That's, here we go. I gotta get my rhythm. Go. I gotta <laughs> lose yourself in the moment. I didn't remember half of that stuff. Okay, well, there you go. So, there you go. Good job. All right, so let's go to our 10 questions, which we used to call general and specific thoughts, but now it's 10 questions. Yes. Do you like this film? Unpopular opinion? Yes. Why? Because it has a really great character art for Loki. And it has Frigga as like a queen and a mother and a warrior, and I really love her. And I love anything with Darcy in it. And this movie has a lot of really good, like, Same. fun Darcy moments. Darcy is fun. So, and like tone, and like, yes, I get why people don't like this movie. And I, you know, I get how it doesn't necessarily have anything exciting. Like, the dark elves aren't really great villains. And, but there's a lot of things in this movie, if you pay attention, that actually move the general MCU plot forward mm-hmm. and end up oddly tying back into Endgame when we get there. Right. And so I don't think you can dismiss this movie out of hand. I think it has a lot of problems, but I think it's really forgettable is the problem right. so, for many reasons. But when I was actually watching it, I was like, wait a second, I really like this. Like, I'm enjoying watching it. So I don't disagree with any of what you said. Um, I do think Endgame helped redeem this movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think that might have been, even been one of the goals of the Russo brothers was to kind of redeem some of the not-so-popular <laughs> Look, it didn't films. completely suck. <laughs> um, and I think they succeeded in that. Um, to me, it was just very, very... When I see what they did with Thor in Ragnarok and how colorful, how fun, how vibrant, how... Just enjoyable. Multi-layered he was. Yeah, how enjoyable that movie was. And then I watched this one, or even the first one, to be honest with you. Right, where he's just like... It's just like, I don't think anyone really understood how to present Thor until Taika Waititi got his hands on him in 2017. Which is why we're all excited for Love and Thunder. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about Ragnarok towards the end. There was a giant debate on Facebook yesterday. So, So I am... it's, It's probably not fair to just this movie in a vacuum... But mm-hmm. unfortunately, I compare it to not only the other, in my opinion, greater Thor film that came after it, mm-hmm. but also the rest of the MC movies around it. And I still right. feel like, you know, this is, I think I mentioned it last week or a couple of weeks ago or the last time we did an MCU movie um, where I felt like this was the last, quote, bad MCU movie. Like, I felt like the MCU still hadn't found, like, its... Um, it's stride where it was constantly nailing it, knocking it out of the park. They had some hits here or there, but they didn't truly start really nailing it almost every single time until Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every movie after that to me was an enjoyable one to some degree. Now, there are some greater than the others, obviously, um, but this movie for me, it just it falls flat. So, no, I didn't enjoy it. I'm in the middle. Where I don't, I don't, well, like, I don't hate it. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Uh, He's back. But for me, and you talking about it made me think even more about it. But 
Thor's my least favorite out of all the characters. Not that he does a bad job. Chris Hemsworth doesn't do a bad job as an actor. They just didn't present just, him well the first just couple in, times. In general, for me, growing up, the same way I'm a big Batman fan, I don't really care for Superman, is I've always liked masked characters. I've liked the secret identities. I've liked the ability, like even Ninja Turtles, like wearing a small mask. Like For me, like I love the idea of a mask and being to do something. It's a versus, great Jim Carrey movie out there. Yeah, It there also is. has a Loki in it. And it's also a comic book movie. So, yep. And it has um, Cameron Diaz. Yes. Yeah. In very tiny outfits. <laughs> but we go back, you brought to, up, not me. We go back to, <laughs> to Thor. Whereas, honestly, if you ask me to watch any Marvel movie, Thor would probably be right there with Ant-Man where I'm not going to really care so much for either one. Like, mm-hmm. So they're at the bottom of my list with choosing something like that compared to Captain America or Spider-Man, especially now, or Iron Man. Like, Those are the type of characters I like gravitate towards. Now, don't get me wrong, I have a new love for likeness, at least for Thor, because of these movies now and to see it because of his growth. For me, I go back and I like the first one because I finally get a better idea of who Thor is in general and get introduced to him better than that god with a hammer that can pretty mm-hmm. much do anything. It's not the god of hammers. He's not. But, and in the same way, Ragnarok is completely different than this movie. Can't wait till we get to that movie so I can tell the story of how I left my dad who was in a wreck two days prior <laughs> yeah. and I left him at home waiting for someone to come watch him so I could see yes. y'all halfway through halfway the movie. Through. <laughs> to watch um, anyway. So, but to go back to it, the, I've only seen this movie twice. I saw it one time. I didn't, this is a movie I knew came out in theaters and I didn't go see it in theaters. I can't remember if I saw it in theaters. I know I didn't I, go th- see this This movie. was the last one of the MC movies that I didn't see in theaters. All the rest, yes. Yep. I was there every time. I was there every single time. This one, I watched at Glenn Evans' house and I remember it was already late and I was tired and I fell asleep halfway through. Uh, and then, so I watched it for the second time the other night and to be fair, as I started watching, I was like, honestly, this doesn't suck. Like, it's not bad. But at the same time, it's like it's a transition movie. Right. There's nothing that really stuck out that I was like, I love this movie. Like, it's as great. Like you know, like Ashby said, it does move along the MC plot. It mm-hmm. does introduce um, an Infinity Stone, um, and again, it does have some plots that were that are important later on, sure. to, such as realizing how much the death of his mother affects mm-hmm. him later on. Um, Loki, like she mentions, gets a great character mm-hmm. arc, um, and then a great reveal at the end where he's actually Odin. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where Odin is. Uh, which leads into the ne- uh, the events of the next film. And I would argue um, a better Odin than Odin himself. Well, mm-hmm. the other Odin didn't have plays <laughs> about about him That's about what I'm his, saying. his kids. I mean, starring Matt Damon and the the other Hemsworth. I mean, Wait, I'll leave my argument for the beginning of Ragnarok. But okay. um, to but, even like to be fair with this one, as I got at least halfway to three quarters through, my mind started dazing off again. Yeah. I was like, "Where's my phone at? Yeah. Like, what's what's going well, on?" And I would argue you said this movie doesn't suck, and I would agree with that. I yeah. don't think it sucks, but. It this, has a lot to compare it to. This movie, you know, a Marvel's movie ver- a version of "Doesn't Suck" mm-hmm. is going to be pretty average to even mm-hmm. decent for regular movies. But mm-hmm. with the bar, the bar that MCU um, has set, "Doesn't Suck" doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on this film? <laughs> That's funny because this is like the longest we've ever gone in. Do you like this movie? You're just like, yep, yep, yep. Moving yep. on. All right, great. <laughs> right. All right, what's the next question? Um, what are some of your favorite scenes? So, uh, Darcy in every scene. Yes. Obviously. I, I literally wrote Darcy just in general. Just Darcy in general. And then, I don't know why, but I really love when Thor shows up to help Sif in the... Warriors 3. Warriors 3, uh-huh. thank you. I want to call them the Three Brothers or whatever. Anyway. Um, when Sif's like, I've got this completely under control, mm-hmm. you know, like, we don't need you. We, and he's like, is that why everything's on fire? <laughs> like, <laughs> we need more Lady Sif. Ugh. She hasn't shown up in the MCU outside of 
two episodes of Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield, right? This movie. Um, I always wonder if it's actor availability. It's actress. Yeah, it is because she was signed on to a TV show. Okay, not available. Right, Jamie Alexander. I think. Yeah, Jamie Alexander wasn't available for. Right, but I love Sif. in, uh, In game. Um, but I'm hoping she makes a return in Endgame because I know the Warriors 3, spoiler, got killed in Ragnarok. Right. Um, but Lady Sif's still out there. Right. In Endgame? No, uh, in Ragnarok. No, no Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder, sorry. Yeah. Okay. I hope she shows up in Love and Thunder. I couldn't remember yeah. the name of them. So right. I wish she had shown up in Endgame, with, yeah. you know, especially with all the ladies. For real. But, um, that would have been nice. But yeah. Um, my favorite scenes for this, again, Darcy, obviously mm-hmm. steals the show. Um, and... I don't know. I like. I do like the awkwardness between Thor and Jane. Mm. Yeah, in like, this. Yeah, you didn't really call, and then, but then Darcy's right. like, "It's a house space. Yeah, space is good." Right. <laughs> yeah. For me, there was the one. I'm like, I feel like I'm this way all the time. I don't know if it's how to get excited for things like Batman, where it's dark, but the same way, like emotional moments hit me more than that was funny or that was great action. But there's the scene where Loki's in prison and he's talking to his mother in mm-hmm. prison, and you're like. I didn't catch it at first because my brain was like, well, I thought she couldn't visit, but I guess she's going behind Odin's back and visiting. And he's talking to her and he's talking about, like, you know, how Odin's not even really his dad. And she's like, well, I'm not, you know, does that make me not your mother or whatever? And he kind of, like, van- you know, does his hands and she vanishes. And you're like, oh, it's just an illusion he was putting out there. But then, like, a few scenes later, you realize she can put out an illusion. So it made me question, was that really her that put herself in there or was that just him projecting her to have a conversation mm-hmm. with his mother? Yeah. And so I'm assuming that's the route, but as you see in later scenes, it's like, well, maybe it wasn't. Like, I don't know. But I, I think do, it I, is her. Yeah, I think it is. I too. think it's her projection, but she's a witch, so yeah. she has a magic. Yeah, it's powerful magic. I do have one more favorite scene. Yeah. When Loki transforms himself into Captain America. Oh, and yeah. And Chris Evans does his best Loki impression, and it's spot it's on. It's so spot <laughs> on. so good. Mm. <laughs> oh, we need more Chris Hensworth. Do we have a rousing discussion about patriotism? Yes. Freedom. <laughs> in the American way. Yeah. Uh, and justice and freedom. God bless America. God bless America. <laughs> like, he's so good at it. Oh, a delightful chat. Yeah. To bring it back down to negativity again, there was another scene <laughs> that I really like. And to it bring was it meant, back to negativity. To bring it back down. <laughs> yes. Uh, on how balanced we are on this podcast. When right. Thor's going to Perfectly get, balanced, as all things should be. <laughs> Thor's going to get Loki to have him join him to go help. And he shows up. Loki's there looking all happy and everything else. He's like, oh, look what you did, blah, blah, blah. Like he doesn't care. And yeah. he's like, you know, enough with this. And all of a sudden, it reveals Loki's actually, like, to- like torn up emotionally, sitting, laying on the floor in the back of the room. And it was all just an illusion where he was showing it. He was all good. But this, you just, his physical look where you realize that he knows that his mother's dead. You know, Odin didn't give a crap about him, but his mother and him had a really close relationship. And so to know that his mother's dead, he didn't get to go to the funeral. He didn't even get to try to save her. Like, he didn't do anything. Um, and just to see that emotion that he has laying there, like, it's not a favorite thing because it's a joyful or anything, but just it hit me in a different way to see how upset he was versus usually he's all trickery and everything else right. versus the emotion that he showed in that. I think that was the first inkling of sort of the duality mm-hmm. that would come with like later Loki character arcs. Mm-hmm. Like he would, we would finally get to see so much more to that character, you mm-hmm. know, because he is the god of mistress, like mischief. He's the the, he's not the god of mistress. I mean, the whole god of uh, mischief. Now is, there might be mistresses involved in his mischief. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Loki is also supposed to be like non-gendered, so he could be a mistress as well. <laughs> like the more you know, he can be a man or a woman. Um. So anyway, so I, you know, I 
I love that he is both a hero and a villain moving past this moment. So, like, mm-hmm. we met him in Avengers. He's definitely a villain. We understand from his upbringing that at some point he was 100% an accepted and glorified member of the royal family. Mm-hmm. So, like, hero, then villain. And, like, this is the first sort of inkling we get of of the more complicated aspects of Loki, that he can he can still be tricky and he can still be kind of like an island under his own you can still not be able to trust him but he can still be devastated that the woman who he knew at least as his mother is dead and the last thing he said to her was you're not my mother and you know and so like we understand that emotion and so then we get to see as things go on between him and Thor especially in later movies that you know, there's that dynamic between them trusting each other and them being brothers and them being adversaries. But anyway, I just really, I think this is sort of that first moment where we get to see that this is going to be a much more complicated character mm-hmm. than we thought. Absolutely. Favorite quotes? Am I doing this right? Oh, yes. my gosh. When Darcy calls Molinaire Mew Mew <laughs> because she doesn't want to be bothered to pronounce it and so like you can tell that that's just what she calls the hammer and like they're like Jane Darcy Selvig and then he, the hammer flies by on its way back to Thor and Darcy goes Mew Mew <laughs> that's totally I, what I'm calling it from yeah, now on I can never remember I have a Darcy quote too <laughs> So I show up to work at the lab slash your mom's house, fully expecting you'd be moping around in your pajamas, eating ice cream, and obsessing about you-know-who, but you're not. You're wearing lady clothes. You even showered, didn't you? You smell good. Mm-hmm. And Jane's like, is there a point to all this? Because there really needs to be a point to all this. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, I don't get paid enough for this. I don't get paid at all. <laughs> Darcy is everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I took, and it takes it back to series again, but it says, Thor, we're just like... What Thor's saying is, say we're just like the humans. We are born, we live, we die. And Loki says, give or take 5,000 years. Give or take. But it gives you that little more of an insight, whereas from an outside view of not knowing anything about Thor, you're like, oh, he's a god. He does this, that, and the other. But it's like, well, no, actually, he does die. And he has, you know, 5,000-year lifespan, but it's still a lifespan. It's yeah. not some almighty god that we assume that he is, I guess, if you don't know anything else about him. Right, yeah. I also really like Selvig, um, where he goes, there is nothing more reassuring than realizing the world is crazier than you are. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, what man. true words we can live by. And today. then they have to, like, go to fight, and he's like, let me get my pants. I was like, whoa, preach. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> Mr. Spencer, where are your pants? That was last week. <laughs> um, right, what's yeah. next? What worked the best? Uh, Darcy. Darcy, yeah. So I said the way, you know, and obviously you don't know this watching it for the first time, but the way they tied it into Endgame, mm-hmm. like we know the big ways that they tied it into Endgame, obviously, mm. and we can get into that when we do Endgame, but the little ways they tied it into Endgame. So in in this movie, we see that Frigga is visiting Loki in his cell, mm-hmm. like via, you know, mm-hmm. her apparition or whatever mm-hmm. that she can do with magic. And she says, um, did you like the books that I sent you? And they kind of have that conversation that ends in him yelling at her or whatever. Um, in Endgame, as Rocket and Thor are about to go intercept Frigga, she's giving orders to the, her ladies-in-waiting. Mm-hmm. And she says, she turns to one and she, she says, um, make sure you have soup brought down to Loki and fetch the books from the library that I told you to get and take that down oh, to his cell. Man. 
And so it wraps back around to like obviously in the moment that that they show up in Endgame to this moment, Frigga is obviously dealing with the issues of the of the palace and she's having to deal with Jane and get her clothes and get, you know, everything situated and in doing that she's also making sure that like Loki is comfortable and we kind of get to see that play on the opposite side where in in the dark world we just see that later scene where she goes and visits him Mm -hmm. um so i just thought that was really interesting that they like even in tiny ways like that they were doing things to tie it all in and make it look kind of seamless i would agree with that so yeah i I add on that not much but just the fact i really like you get to see a little bit more of his family in this movie or just the entire like odin and frigga and thor and loki and to see that relationship a little bit more because it's not how the first (laughs) Thor movie you get a better idea of you know, Thor's the chosen son out of the two, and Loki's, like, not the big strong one. He's the other one. How that plays out in so many movies of, he's not the big popular guy, he's the other guy, but it's I mean, like... That's, in, that's biblical storytelling, though. That's true. All the way back to Jacob and Esau. I mean, right. It is. <laughs> but right. to go back and see this, though, to see, like, okay, Odin's pretty much a jerk. Like, yeah. I don't really care for Odin as much like, as... He only put on some goat skin. And, he's yeah. literally the worst parent. Like, you think about... Also, we're jumping into nitpicks now. <laughs> that's true. That's one of my nitpicks. It's next. Nitpicks. Yeah. Let's go ahead and nitpicks. <laughs> Odin is the worst parent, okay? Like, yes. I just wonder sometimes how things would have played out over Thor and Loki's life. And even Hela, when we get into Ragnarok, because mm-hmm. she counts in the sibling group, true, yeah. wasn't really great with her either. Mm-hmm. You know, when if we had had the Odin that's sitting on that cliff with them at the beginning of Ragnarok, mm-hmm. the one who's introspective and yep. who seems to feel guilt and sorrow mm-hmm. and remorse and who finally says like i love you my sons like if if he had been that dad the whole time would any of this would we have the same problem you know what i'm saying like i just don't i don't like him as a leader i don't like him as a father like i just you know he talks about like what it means to lead and to keep peace but then the minute that his wife is killed, he's like, we're going to kill all these dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to raise it to the ground. And if it means, like, my whole army is decimated and a bunch of Asgardians die, then that's just what has to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think in that moment that he's trying to rage over his wife's death, we maybe get a glimpse of the Odin that was with Hela. Mm-hmm. That was, like, taking over the Nine Realms and killing people and, like, raising to the ground. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so, yeah. like... I feel like there's a duality there, and I just feel like he's, at his core, you know, maybe he's mellowed in his old age, but he's not a nice guy. No. Nitpicks for this movie. Um, We're trying to keep this movie, or this like, podcast, like, under the starts. I know. <laughs> and it, so, it, it, it began. And it didn't end for a while. Right. It took a couple of hours. Right. <laughs> So, um, my other nitpick would be the Dark Elves were, like, meh as villains. They were very meh. And honestly, like, I <laughs> truly believe if they had picked a different villain, this would not be the worst MCU movie sure. ever. Yeah, because villains, I mean, oftentimes it make the movie funny. or elevate the movie. Right. You know, even if you have a generally mediocre hero, um, a, vil- a good villain can really mm-hmm. kind of raise the uh, And there were so many but... still good parts of this movie. I just feel like they needed a vessel for the ether because it couldn't be a standalone villain. It's just an infinity zone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have, like it can't be its own villain. It needs someone to utilize it. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, they couldn't use Thanos or any of his people yet because we hadn't had that reveal. And so it's like they just went into the mythology of the MCU and were like, Dark Elves, that sounds good. Uh, We have had the reveal of Thanos at the end of the Avengers. Well, that's true, but like not... But not his his grand plan to whatever. I think it would have... I mean, honestly, now that you bring it up, maybe some of his Black Order could have been the villains in this movie, you know, as a way of hinting at Thanos' plan. I don't know. Right. But, but they mean, didn't want to put Loki in front of... That's true. What's his name too soon? Yeah, that's also true because... What's they're, his name? They're, uh, Thanos. No, the guy who you realize is working for Thanos later. The blue guy. Oh, um, Ronan? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and sure. it brings a good point too, though, because it's the point that I start phasing out of this movie and just kind of become oblivious is whenever it really starts bringing up the elves and them fighting each other. Right. Like, all the other stuff before it, I'm all in it. Like, right. you know, Jane Foster is here and she's got this in her. What are they going to do? Right. What is happening? Even them, like, attacking, like, I'm still right. there, but it's more beyond that. Yeah. That I just don't have that. My nitpick, um, I got two. The first one's just vague and it can apply to pretty much any Marvel movie, but it's like, where were the Avengers in all of this? Yeah. Right. Where was S.H.I.E.L.D. in all of this? Right. Um, <laughs> because... What's his name? The doctor or whatever that Jane works under. Selvig. He's the one that literally is like under Loki's curse in right. Avengers. Yeah. Everybody knows in all Manhattan. about him. Yeah, he, he pretty much destroys New York. Right. All this happens. You see the man naked on TV, and nobody in Shield has you know a thing to, to be right. like, Jane. What's happening right. to your dude? Captain America's catching up on the stuff he's missed. He's got right. a list. He's got a list. I get that. Iron Man. He's trying to quit the, the superhero life, and right. Banner's trying to be calm. And I get it. Like I said, I'm not... Natasha's off doing spy stuff with Clint. Yeah. yeah. This isn't some big argument to be like, you know, I'm stand on. But it's just like, I feel like this is a major type thing. But once again, at least something. A quick Samuel right. Jackson, though. You got this cool. Got it. You know, right. this type of thing. Well, Nick Jackson, or Nick Jackson, <laughs> Sam Jackson, Nick Fury is trying to, um, trying to make, you know, at this point, Hydra hasn't infiltrated shield, so he's, you know, right. he's, he's running shield right. with, mm. you know, the agents of shield. It would have been cool if instead of just showing, like, Darcy and Ian, Ethan, Ethan, I feel Ethan, like. Ian, 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 Ian. The Ian. intern, anyway. Mm. Seeing the footage, it would have been funny if they could have got a cameo and Fury would have seen the footage of him shrinking and been like, Agent Hill, we have a situation. You know? Mm. Just like something where it's yeah. like, there, this isn't happening in a vacuum. Yeah. You know? But, um, and the only other thing I said to you was something I kept thinking about is knowing the Asgardians know, even just Earth, and know what Earth has and what weapons Earth has and just the technology that we have right now. Right. They are still such like a primitive group of people, mm-hmm. and for them to acknowledge that they live like five thousand years, Earth is just one small one. You right. know, they pretty much like right. oh, we had to go safe. There's so much more going on in the galaxy, and I get it. Like Odin has a special weapon, Thor's hammer is all you know, like a, right. a, a big deal. But just even like the elves that are attacking, at least had guns. Where it's like the other people have shields, and then like their swords have like laser type things. Well, right, Nick right. Fury even mentions that in the Avengers, where he's like, we, you know, when Thor shows up, mm-hmm. you know, and they he picks a fight with his brother, we found out that we were hopelessly, hilariously outmanned, outclassed, mm-hmm. outmatched. Right. Which is why they are yeah. trying to weaponize the. Uh, yeah, that's like a Hamilton quote in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, trying so hard, not to. <laughs> but that's just all good. The man is nonstop. <laughs> it didn't make it didn't ruin the movie for me. It's just something I took into consideration, especially like not even weapons and stuff aside, but just their living, like the clothes they wear. They're still living like the cave type right, right. palaces, like you know, right? Just to know what you could have. And I get it. Like when you're talking about gods or whatever, like that type of thing. Right. That's the type of environment you think of. So I understand. Right. But 
Well, it's like if you went that. to... That's why I think the Percy Jackson series is really interesting. It's the book and it's some movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have kids that are interested in mythology, it's actually a really good series to Very get them on. Series, yeah. It's a young adult middle, middle novel. Middle range novel. I'm six, yeah, seven, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's sort of like, okay, well, if you... Like, if we went to Olympus right now, would it look like ancient Greece? Would it look mm-hmm. like modern Greece? Like, do the gods change? Sure. Does, do technology over time and magic come together in like weird and magical, special, amazing ways? Like how how does a society that's five thousand years old, you know, like it is laughable to think that like we on Earth have like gone beyond them in technology, but then not beyond them in ways because they have magic and well, we don't have magic. To, so like to quote Gemma Simmons from Agents of Shield mm-hmm. and paraphrasing Thor. Which I finally finished, by the way. Magic is just science we can't explain. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Thor says that in the first yep. movie. He's like, you know, you call it science. We call it science, you know, or you have you a different it, science and magic. Right. And, it's and, and Asgard is one and the same. Right. So, mm-hmm. so anyway. Cool. Uh, do you have any questions about mm-hmm. this movie that have been left unanswered? I did, but I will answer them and teach us what we need to know. The only thing I had was what happened to Jane Foster. I kept thinking about it. And right. I know, like, later on, like, in the next, you know, Avengers, he comes out and says, well, it's a mutual breakup. Yeah. Like, I cover that in fun facts. Nice. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that. And then... We, we just need more Lady Sif after mm-hmm. this movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. What happened to her? Right. Um, and I know, like I said, she shows up in two episodes of Agents of the Shield, mm-hmm. um, season one and season two. Yeah. But um, beyond that, right. where's she at? Also, like, does she have a thing for Thor? Oh, she does. Because I don't, like, I'm she not, again, does. as a woman, I don't want to be the person that every woman has to be a love interest, but there are interactions where I'm kind of like, does she does she have a thing for him, or is it like a, a warrior bond, or is it like a brother-sister situation? She has a thing for him, and uh, citing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as a source. Okay, in it's her, been a long time since I've seen this episode. In her second appearance in the second season, she comes to Earth, and she's had her mind wiped. So she doesn't know who she is or anything. Uh, okay. And she didn't. She was actually sent to hunt for a Kree who uh, had come to Earth, um, but she couldn't remember anything, and... When Coulson um, and Melinda May, the mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show up, and Coulson mentions Thor, and she starts blushing, and she's like, that name, I do not recognize it, but for some reason, I'm just, it fills me with happiness. And, Col- and, Col- and Coulson says, who can explain the wonders of an Asgardian mind? And May's like, I can. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yes, she has a thing for Thor. I'll answer that one for you. As we all should. Honestly. That's right, honestly. I mean, <laughs> Where does this movie fall in your rankings? <laughs> out of 23 MCU films, it's dead last. Out of three, out of four, or I would even say, like, there was a little two or three minute video, like, short where Thor's explaining where he was during Civil War. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's living with some guy in Australia, like, mm-hmm. as his roommate Daryl or yep, something. Yep. And, um, like, I even count that. I put that ahead of this. I mean, oh my gosh. I, Thor Love and Thunder hasn't come out yet. I put that ahead of this. Well, I mean, obviously, because it's Taika. Yeah. yeah like, so, we know it's going to be good. Dead but I would say it's, it's, like, towards the bottom of the pack. But, like, it's definitely above the standalone Hulk movies. And it's probably above... Like Iron Man two because that movie was kind of like meh. Um, I would group it in with Iron Man and Hulk as the bottom three. Yeah, like they can fight over who's the worst, but yeah. they're at the <laughs> so, they're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> well, in my mind, I keep putting Ant Man down there, and I know it's not Ant Man wasn't bad. Like I remember saying it. Ant Man's a fun movie. It's a, it is that's a fun the thing. Movie. It's a different style of movie. Yeah. Right. So that's not. Yeah. And I like fun movies. I don't, I don't want to be like I've talked about Batman and all the sad things. Like 
I get it. Like, that's not just me. Like, I do like humor and everything right. else, too. I just think, I don't know, some yeah. of these other movies, they stand out so well that they just all kind of find fall behind somewhere. In I also there. put in the Thor movies that we know of, mm-hmm. Ragnarok, and then Dark World, and then the original Thor. Because the first Thor, I like, it set up what we need to know about mm-hmm. Thor, but I was not, like, that movie was kind of like meh for me. Mm-hmm. It was meh for me, too. But, I like this one better. But um, not as meh as this one for me. All right, random section. Anything else you want to add? Favorite theory, rabbit hole you went down, anything. So, what Avenger would you be in? Why? Right. So, so, something that I thought of um, as I was watching this was what I love about Jane, and what I'm really interested to see in Love and Thunder is like how she evolves. Mm-hmm. Um, is I think she stands shoulder to shoulder with Bruce and Tony. Mm-hmm. In intelligence, yes. even though we don't necessarily get to see her as much. Mm-hmm. But her character definitely has this ability to sort of use our scientific boundaries to make, like, the outer limits of what can exist in the MCU make sense mm-hmm. to well, our, in our brain. And one thing I'll add to that, and you brought this up with Lady Sith, is... I like the idea of her moving away from love interest. Correct. Thor, and right. moving into her own right as a hero. I like that the MCU's kind of moving away from that in general. In general, yeah. I mean, other than the characters, like like Spider-Man, yeah, he, I mean, him and Zendaya are adorable together. Mm-hmm, but she mm-hmm. kind of stands on, on her own. That She's not just lovesick puppy you know, right. love who has to be saved like your typical MJ um, would in some of the previous iterations of her. Um, but seeing Jane move into her own in Love and Thunder is going to be awesome. So. Yeah, absolutely. I had one thing that came up that made me wonder because Loki's fighting a guy and told him he'd see him in hell. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, wait a second. Like, if there's a hell, does that mean there's a heaven in well, this universe? Okay, like, another Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference. Okay, so because I'm going to be our expert on Agents of yes, S.H.I.E.L.D. Dude, tie-in. I don't remember. Yeah, because so I don't So in the fourth season of, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they introduced Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned hell. Mm-hmm. And Ghost Rider's like, there's more than this one dimension. There's many dimensions. Many of them would qualify as hell for, for y'all. So Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a hell. <laughs> it would just make me wonder, like, and it's not to go all dip, like, deep on our, you know, beliefs or whatever. It just makes me wonder, it's like, but I guess if you're in this world, because you think of, like, Greek mythology and everything with them, but then for him to say hell, the same way you got, like, Hades or whatever mm-hmm. else, like, and all that. So I get it. Like, but just a quick, like, I didn't spend the entire movie thinking about it. It was a quick, like, well. It's an interesting thing because they, they do reference, um, the idea of gods. I mean, Captain America's like, there's only one god and he doesn't dress well, like that. Like, Coulson yeah. mentions it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, I've met gods, they bleed type thing. I mean, Right. So. It is interesting how, again, not to go down a rabbit hole, although that is mentioned specifically in this, a rabbit hole you went down. Yep. Um, go down that rabbit hole. The MCU, historically, in comics and beyond, has used Norse mythology, Greek mythology, mm-hmm. Um, Judeo-Christian Judeo-Christian um, mythology yeah. then you have Black Panther which is a whole different culture mm-hmm. with their own belief system like many gods and you know different rites of passage and customs and so in that sense when you have something that is multicultural and like crosses like borders and belief systems 
in what way is that unifying? So, like, you know, people have different gods and believe in different versions of heaven and hell. It's all just really interesting, I think. Well, and, and I'm going to mention this in our fun facts, but uh, in a season one episode of Agents of the Shield, um, Sky, who mm-hmm. turns out to be Daisy Johnson, also known as Quake, mm-hmm. uh, she brings up in the episode <laughs> when they're talking about Norse mythology, she's like, you know, I wonder how many other, like, religious you know deities, you know, there are that are actually out there that we would classify as, you know, mm-hmm. super, like she specifically mentions the Hindu Vishnu mm-hmm. right. um, as, you know, as is that someone out there? And, right. Know, which that ends up upsetting those who are of the Hindu faith. And anyway, um, so yeah. Uh, what was your, what, what moment, the moment that psyched you out the most or that you geeked out the most or whatever? So I had to like really sort of, put on my I've never seen this movie before Mm -hmm. goggles because I'm pretty sure the first time I saw the movie Mm -hmm. the whole trick Loki plays actually tricks the audience too Mm -hmm. because I was like oh here we go again Mm -hmm. Loki being Loki like of course he's gonna stab Thor in Mm -hmm. the back or like literally in the front yeah and like cut his arm off like good lord what is happening Mm -hmm. I mean I just was I remember watching it for the first time and just being like how are we going to, like, how are they going to come out of this? And, like, why, you know, of course Loki would betray him. And, like, we knew this was coming. And Jane is surprised, it seems. And, like, anyway. And then the whole thing is an illusion. Mm -hmm. And Loki's really legitimately on his side. I just, I remember at the moment when he lifts the illusion. And he's like, Loki, now. And, like, they go, I just remember being like, what? So, um, I doubted. <laughs> yeah. So mine's similar. Mine's at the very end of the movie where Odin's sitting on the throne mm-hmm. and then the camera kind of pans over and mm-hmm. it's actually Loki. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, you're like, what? That actually caught me off guard. Right. So. Mine is the mid credit scene which you've already talked about but I feel like it's the first time we know we've talked about briefly maybe but I don't know Infinity if Stones. this is the first time it's been said Infinity Stones. Yeah, right. that's the first time Infinity Stones have been brought up. And it's right. one of those things me as a comic reader I didn't read a ton of Marvel, especially like I like Marvel. Don't get me wrong, but it, there's it's kind of overwhelming for me. But I knew that they existed. I knew the idea of Thanos using them. I didn't know anything about them though. So the fact of them saying these are the Infinity Stones, and then for him saying you know one down, five to go, or whatever, yeah. it's like okay, so wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. They are going to go this route. Like yeah. it opened up a lot of doors anyway for yes. Marvel and the direction they were going to be heading to. Absolutely. Yeah. Who won the movie? Loki. It wasn't the fans. For sure. (laughs) Loki. I'll go with Loki. Yeah. I said Loki. Three for three. Three for three. Yes! We win. This movie did bring us together. All right. So, usually I have a little fun little quote as we go into another section. Mm -hmm. And I found one. Okay. Um, And I'm going to need Ashby. I'm going to need your help with this. Uh, I want you to read the part of Jane. Oh, Lord. I'll read the part of Odin. Okay. She does not belong in Asgard any more than a goat belongs at a banquet. Did he just, uh, who do you think you are? I am Odin, king of Asgard, protector of the nine realms. Oh, well. I know very well who you are, Jane Foster. You told your dad about me? (laughs) I love it. Yeah, so in every episode of our Running the Infinity Gauntlet (laughs) series. Get out of here, Odin. We are taking a look at a vital piece of the MCU that helped shape the Infinity Saga. So with that in mind, let us assemble together. In Asgard, or one of the other nine realms, Ashby, teach us what we need to know about the ether slash reality stone. So, the ether, first, it's not a stone. 
Someone called it a stone before. It's more of a an angry sludge sort of thing. So someone's gonna need to amend that. Huh? Thor and that's from Endgame. Was hilarious when he's up there him. and he's like drinking pina colada or something. And so it's his turn because they're all giving briefs on their own instance of when they came in contact with an Infinity Stone. And Thor's up there and he's like, the ether. First, it's not a stone. Someone called it a stone before. It's more of a like an angry sludge sort of thing. So someone's going to need to amend that. Jane, my girlfriend. Well, I guess she's not my girlfriend anymore. She just, <laughs> she kind of broke up with me, I guess. Like, and he starts crying. Man, it is hilarious. And they're I, I, all just looking that. at him. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, okay. So, um... Malekith, the leader of the Dark Elves, created a weapon out of the Reality Stone called the Aether. It is known to be able to convert matter into dark matter and otherwise maintains an almost lifelike existence that causes it to bond in a parasitic fashion to a living host. The Reality Stone was one of the six Infinity Stones, the remnant of a singularity that predated the universe, which represented the fabric of reality. So taken from the Elves by the Asgardians at the end of this movie... It was then entrusted in its ether form to the Collector following the conclusion of the second Dark Elf conflict. Thanos then later takes it from the Collector, solidifies the ether back into the stone for placement into the Infinity Gauntlet. So that was my, um, did this leave any questions unanswered or whatever? I was like, how is the stone both a stone and the ether? Like it's, it's this weird like matter but then it's also a stone so science people science some believe that before the universe there was nothing they're wrong there was darkness and it has survived so as we think about that in this depressing tale of this awful movie Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh let's sort out six of our favorite observations and insights from thor the dark world by slipping on the infinity gauntlet who would like to go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay. Right. Ashley, you go first. So. Number one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so there is a moment in the movie where they're escaping Asgard, and Loki is the only one who knows the way out. And Thor, they're on this big ship. And Loki doesn't say anything, but he clearly doesn't know that part of the plan is transferring from the big ship to a smaller ship, right? Mm-hmm. But that smaller ship then barely fits through the passage they have to take to escape. So, like, at what point on the big ship was Loki going to let Thor know, like, yo, this isn't going to fit? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just feel like that was a little bit of a plot hole. That's true. So, anyway, that was one of mine. I'll do number two. Go for it. Number two. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. crossover time. So, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premiered in the fall of 2013. And it was announced that it would have a crossover with Thor The Dark World, which would air the week after the movie comes out in theaters. People were really, really excited about this. And here's the synopsis. I'll read it right right from uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe fandom. In the aftermath of the events chronicling the feature film Marvel's Thor The Dark World, Coulson and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pick up the pieces, one of which threatens to destroy a member of the team. I'll do you one better and just say they were literally cleaning up the destruction in London. Yeah. And they find a piece of Asgardian mythology that, you know, is like, it's called the Berserker Staff or something. Mm -hmm. It's not that interesting. Because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't that interesting until the next crossover, which I'll talk about next month when we do Captain America the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. 
Very nice. So, number three. Um, I couldn't remember when this happened, but then it was, was this one. Loki was originally not going to really be cared about much in all this, but after the movie, especially the first one, um, he became a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. And so people love him. Tom Hiddleston did an amazing job with him. Um, so after his role in Avengers, they decided to rewrite the script and give a better, more significant role in the sequel. Um, and it says in the director's commentary for the film, uh, Kevin Feige says, Feige, sorry, says that at the end of the third Thor movie, you'll realize that it was a Loki trilogy all along. So Fair enough. Yeah. All right. I think that's why I liked it. Number four. So, um, the, there's an alternate ending to the movie, mm-hmm. uh, which we find out is mentioned a little later um, and is made available a little later, where we actually get to see Jane break up with Thor. Mm-hmm. Even though he says... That it was, you know... Mutual. Mutual. It never It is. was really not, in fact, mutual. So he asked, you know, he tells Odin that he's not giving the throne up for Jane. Um, and I don't think he really is doing it just for her. But I think Thor expects to go back to Earth and be like, I'm here! And uh-huh. she's like, that's amazing, we can be together. And what ends up happening is he goes back and she's just like... I don't, like, I don't think this is going to work. Because eventually you are going to have to go back. Like, not now, maybe not in a year or two, but, like, eventually. Right, like, eventually this is not, never going to work out, you know. And he, he, it's so funny because they put a little thunder and lightning in the scene where it's, like, literally sunny in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. And then she breaks up with him and he kind of gets, like, rumbly. And she's like, you don't have to be mean, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's just like, well, I'm not, like, you're breaking up with me. And so she sits him down and she says, after the lightning, when the ship almost crushed us, I was content. I was ready to die with you. And he says, but you won't live with me. And she says, how could I? I had days to imagine our life together. And you know what? I couldn't. My work, my life's work is here. On Asgard, I'm useless. I can't be useless. I suck at it. Nice. And so, like, we get to see Jane breaking away, you Mm -hmm. know? And, like, inserting her independence again. And, like, what I think is really interesting in, like, if we take sort of the the whole gods and you know humans and whatever out of it what we see is a woman choosing her career over a love interest and i think that that is so important that there are stories like that because so much in pop culture is about like doing anything for the person you love Mm -hmm. like giving up anything and i think it's important to see a woman who's so smart and so invested in her career and her work that she's willing to choose it over other things. Yes. Um, and so I think sort of what, where Jane goes in the MCU when she's sort of missing for so many movies is she's just working. Yeah, like she's just being like a baller, genius, metaphysicist, whatever. And so it'll be really interesting, I think, when Love and Thunder comes out to see what, what in, in fact she has been doing, where she is how she gets to where we know she's going to go in Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that that this um, scene, even though we didn't get to see it play out in the movie, is really important in kind of understanding that separation between her and Thor. Okay. So, there you go. All right, number five. Uh, this is something should have mentioned last month with Iron Man 3, but I'm going to mention it here. Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige 
aka the man responsible for masterminding Marvel's connected universe of movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a big Star Wars fan. He's a huge, ginormous fan. You might even say he's obsessed. Which explains why he's seen to it that every movie in Marvel's Phase 2 features a scene where the exact same thing happens. These Phase 2 movies are Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. Um, Feige tells Cinema Blend that all these movies feature the same Star Wars homage. Have you figured out what it is? Well, Feige says that he's considered the Phase 2 to be Marvel's Empire Strikes Back, so the Easter eggs mimic something very eventful that happens in Empire. That's right, in all the Phase 2 movies, someone gets a hand or arm chopped off, <laughs> just like Luke Skywalker did in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so, um, what's most surprising about this is that no one ever picked up on it. Feige said that it didn't start out as intentional, but then it became intentional. In Iron Man 3, Tony Stark cuts off Aldrich Killian's arm during their final battle, and in this movie, Thor The Dark World, Thor's hand is seemingly cut off by his brother Loki, though it's later revealed to just be an illusion. Mm-hmm. I won't reveal the other ones until just yet there. until we get there, but mm-hmm. um, there's something that even takes place in the second season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Mm. That's how connected they were at the time. They also were doing the whole homage to the Empire Strikes Back in the second season. I'm so sad because you love S.H.I.E.L.D. so much, and I finally watched the series finale and I was disappointed. I was like, meh. Whatever. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet, so I, I don't think we can be friends, Ashby. That's fine, Sorry. whatever. Kyle, number six. <laughs> um, this one is more so the filming side of things, uh, but it's an end credit where it shows Thor coming back and him and Jane kissing, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. The, another end credit. Yes, the other end credit. Well, it turns out that wasn't Natalie Portman. Uh, well, Chris Hemsworth was busy recording, I think, another movie in Hong Kong. Natalie Portman was shooting elsewhere and couldn't make it across the world, so a decision was made to use a stand-in. Uh, given the option, Hemsworth chose his wife. She was put in a Natalie Portman wig, and they kissed. And in Portman's words, that's why it was so passionate. Um, the same, well, the rest of us, it's not good. Ch- I mean, it's a good yeah, choice. It's a good choice, so he's yeah. not. All right, social media shout-outs? Yes. Get to it. You should have joined in on Facebook yesterday. I know you've been passing, you know, social media up, but it got a little heated yesterday. It did. It did get a little I heated. didn't include all of the comments, because some of them just didn't necessarily need to be included, but... It was all in fun. Like, there's nobody I feel like left upset. Uh, Chris Rhodes says, What are you talking about? It's the best movie with a little wink face. He said, They even reference Frigga's death in the endgame. I like Frigga better when you yeah. say Frigga's death. <laughs> now, so, how is it not the best one? Just kidding. This is a terrible movie. But it's funny <laughs> how the Thor franchise does a complete 180 from Dark World to Ragnarok. Thank you, Taiki Watilu. Say it? Taika Watiti. Great. I heard it both ways. Uh, was I supposed to say the spoiler alert? Yes. Yes. Was I supposed to say spoiler alert? Thanks. I just assumed no one else would watch this movie. Uh, here we go. Nick Putnam. Nick played in bands uh, that I played shows with and I got to know him that way. Uh, he says, unpopular opinion. Thor 2011 is the only good standalone Thor movie. No, Dark World and Ragnarok are both trash. It's waiting to see Eric's reaction. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I literally skipped. No, I couldn't let that stand. Ashby came in with a Thank gift you. that said, "Get out." Yeah. She came and said, "Get out of here." Yeah. Thank you, Ashby. We're like, friends again. Please leave. <laughs> I didn't, We're friends again. I didn't include all of these because it was starting to sound like a giant mean argument, which really it turned out to be very not. Right, but, right, right. So I didn't want to give the wrong impression. Uh, man in Newport said Nick Putnam Ragnarok had the best soundtrack of the three, though, and said also Jeff Goldblum. Nick said the comedy in Ragnarok. Well, I commented back about. 
how I remember. I don't remember a ton about Ragnarok. I remember just being a lot more comedy filled. Like Calvin, Everything that's his go to. He's like, I don't remember much about it. I really don't. <laughs> I have a horrible memory of things like this. Uh, the comedy in Ragnarok is so forth. Jeff Goldblum didn't did an all right job that it made Hulk a big joke. No. Thor, <laughs> said Thor tries to make a joke every three words. I will say that I remember walking out of that movie and feeling like Thor was a little forced to change his personality in this movie. And I feel like when we go beyond this and, and other movies... Do you mean he was given a personality? For the maybe. better, maybe. <laughs> uh, anyway. I feel like in the other movies it's more of a natural thing versus if you're hanging out with somebody that's just funny versus somebody that's trying to be funny the entire time. Which which one am I? I feel like we all fall in the Don't middle of Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Like you got insulted last week with psych choices of who you were, and so look. Like, all I know is like Nick and I better never meet in real life because I got words. He lives up like well, <laughs> last time I saw him he was in the Statesville Charlotte area. So <laughs> um, uh, let's see. He said there's this is also the reason why I said unpopular films. Uh, LMAO, you can't change my mind. I'm very odd when it comes to superhero films. Uh, and Hunter Patton chimed in and said, I will not stand for this Ragnarok slander. <laughs> I think I kind of cut it off there because it got, it kept going. They started talking about off Star comments. Wars. <laughs> no, like, I left it, but I just didn't go. Then they started arguing about Star Wars. Oh, God. Yeah, it got really, like, <laughs> oh, deep. No. And then I think they just both agreed to disagree and stopped commenting. Mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, it got a little trash talking, well, you know. Like I said, and it was all, I don't feel like everybody, anybody no, it came wasn't off offended. Mean. Like, it's, I, I build it up to be a little bit thing. But uh, from Nick's side of things, I will say, too, he is a big comic book reader from childhood. And so that's where he comes in with this. For some of us who are like, I know some about the comics, or I went to read comics after this. He's one of those people that read it, so coming into it from there, I'm sure right. you have a Right, so he has, like, preconceived it. notions. Yes. So, which is fair. Uh, Matt Starlin came in and said, yeah, Ragnarok was pretty much the storyline from Planet Hulk, but it was MCU's way of giving the Hulk more screen time because universal rights do not allow Hulk to have a standalone movie so they combine the Ragnarok story and Planet Hulk story together. Ragnarok is a fan favorite, majority-based Thor film. The only complaint I have with it is there was no Beta Ray Bill, and I'm still waiting. Not to mention MCU standalone films pretty much ended after Phase 1. A bunch of laughing faces says it's all one huge story now. Which, mm, that, that's yeah, fair. It has its fair, But, I, I think they're bringing back... Standalone films for Phase Four. Well, yeah, that's exciting. Shang-Chi, yeah. Eternals, mm-hmm. Black Widow, which I know this is a whatever, more Spider-Man. But, um, yeah. Um, Amanda Newport also chimed yeah. in again and said, "I've only seen it twice. No opinion of it really. It's not my heavily rotated. It's not on my heavily rotated through list, though. If that says anything." Uh, quote Kyle, I think Ragnarok would be in my top ten. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely in my legitimately top 10. not even be top five. In my you know? top ten, well, I have eighteen movies in. Yeah. I remember commenting back about that, saying I remember it being funny and something else, and I loved Korg. Korg has like become Korg. one of my favorite people out of oh. all the movies, and so the fact that well, he didn't have enough flyers, yeah. and the, the fact that <laughs> he gave pamphlets. him a, a Kiwi accent because Taika Waititi is mm-hmm. from New Zealand, it's just he's. What did he say? It's like, um, it's a big circle, yeah. like it, you know. Oh, I can't remember something the about quote. rock paper scissors or something. Right. Yeah. Oh man. We'll save it for when we do Ragnarok. So yeah. funny. Next but, um, year. Andrew Klaus chimed in and says, It was a filler and information information builder, kind of like Captain Marvel. It needed to be a linking movie, and it was. Uh, Matt Sterling says, Yeah, probably from probably the bottom of NCU ranking. They even joke on it, but as part of the big picture, it served a good purpose. We got to see a lot of Loki's development in this movie. First time we see him change into other people, also. 
Even Odin shows a bit more of his true side. Uh, Steven Such says, honestly, a letdown. It was alright, but I was hoping for more after the stage was set for the first Thor. Uh, over on Instagram, Hunter chimed in as well. So the first time I watched it, I fell asleep. I finally made myself watch it again a few years ago. Don't remember any of it. It was just meh. Yeah. Uh, Matt Naren says, I didn't think it was a terrible movie, but the Frost yeah, Giants and Thor... On this. <laughs> yeah. Said, I didn't think it was a terrible movie, but the Frost Giants and Thor definitely looked like Game of Thrones White Walkers. I don't know if the same costume teams were working on both sets, but they were extremely similar. Then he chimed in, my bad, I was thinking about the original. Dark World was a little hard to keep your interest, and I don't really recall a lot about it. I was like, the Frost Giants were in the beginning, right? Like, that was, because Loki's a Frost Giant, technically. Yeah. I commented on it, and I was like, well, yeah, To be maybe. fair, I get the two mixed up, too, because for some reason, I kept thinking Frost Giants, but they didn't the Dark Elves in this movie. Yeah. Oops. That was it, though. That was all our stuff. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Thank you all for chiming in this mm-hmm. week. Yeah. So, as Ashby mentioned earlier, there's nothing more reassuring than realizing the world is crazier than you are. That's A big right. thank you to Ricky Lyles for his contribution of letting us record in his house today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who are not no longer watching on Facebook, we did have a uh, Thor Funko Pop that I ordered but it did not come today um, which is my time to get on my soapbox and say please support your local post office yes please support yes Um, they're not usually behind on the mail but you know not to get too much into it but they deliver more than just fun Funko Pops for me and my friends here that's right so please make sure that you are supportive they uh, especially we live in rural areas they do a lot that UPS and FedEx do not do for us. So that's my soapbox. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did and that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into the MCU films and other pop culture entities as we are next month. Here we go. Wait for it! Captain America. Captain America. Not Captain America. Captain America. Captain America. Captain America. The Winter Soldier is our MCU film for next month. Yes. 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 Get ready, people. It's going to be four hours of Ashby just Uh, talking about uh, uh, Sebastian Stan. (laughs) I think you should come in with just like around her eyes. We might do that. My body is ready. I mean, my brain, my mind, my emotions, Her body's ready other things. Other yes. things are ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about it. It's going to be so long. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to have memes. I'm going to post memes. We're going to get into like Tumblr fan theories. We're going to talk nonstop about Bucky. Like, who are the other characters anyway? No one cares. We'll also talk about <laughs> Bucky and and Captain America and you know some guy named Sam and Nick Fury and all these other great things. So what you need to do is. <laughs> Neither of I need to look at anything Bucky related. It's our job. Don't, don't even about worry it. about it. I'll come with my Agents of Shield crossover because there's actually a bit of good crossover yeah. info there. Tell you what though, you guys are gonna need to lay on the couch because we're gonna get into the emotions. We're gonna need a bigger couch. Yes. Next week, <laughs> because we still have podcasts between now and then. What? <laughs> be sure to join us as we discuss the Toros entering the atmosphere. Yes. From Bring it, Bring it On, which That's is celebrating it. its 20th anniversary cool this in year. Here. There must be some tours in the atmosphere. She's the big poo, so take a whiff of it. Um, is that a line from These the are not spirit fingers. <laughs> These are spirit fingers. So get ready here. Until next time, stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. What the what? Woo! We will see you next week. What the what again? Bye. I said it early. Oh my goodness. Bye! Oh yeah, bye y'all. <laughs>